Welcome to this episode of Athletic Training Chat. In this episode, we are on with Jonathan Reedy. In this episode, we really focus on the physician extender role of athletic trainers and the different roles that athletic trainers can have when it comes to the clinical setting and the different options there, looking at not only that, but outreach and really the skill sets that athletic trainers bring when it comes to this setting. It is one that is probably moved out of the emerging part of everything and moved into one of the new stable areas of athletic training and one that will continue to grow as athletic trainers keep demonstrating their usefulness and their ability to thrive in this setting. As always, we are powered by Mueller Sports Medicine. It's about that time of year to start getting bids ready and figuring out supplies. Give them a look from everything from tape to braces uh, with well worth checking out. And as always, contact them if you have any ideas or questions. They'd be happy to hear from you. With that, enjoy this episode. Welcome to this episode of Athletic Training Chat. We are on with Jonathan Reedy. Hopefully I said that correctly. Um, We are talking athletic trainers in physician practice uh, and how that works. Uh, This is, again, relatively timely. Uh, It'll probably be a little while out, but there was a little brush up as we were just talking off camera about um, what that actually looks like and advocating for the profession and so on and so forth. But we'll save that for just a little bit before we get into that. Uh, please fill us in on your background and how you are where you are today. Yeah, so um, I think uh, I think my story is pretty typical for a lot of us that had an injury playing freshman sports in high school and uh, basically never left the athletic training room after that. Um, you know, started with a couple of successive injuries and then was like spending so much time in there anyway. It was like, oh, what are you doing? And you know, started poking around with with my athletic trainer. Um, you know, and he was. I was fortunate he kind of tolerated me enough to, to let me hang around and, um, you know, just it was kind of rolled right from there. Went to uh, Springfield College in Massachusetts. Uh, had a great experience there. Had some awesome opportunities uh, I think we'll get into in a little bit. Um, and after I graduated, um, my now wife and I moved to North Carolina, um, just kind of getting out and doing something different. I grew up 15 minutes from where I went to college, so I never really, yeah. like, left or did anything else. So. Um, we spent about, started a private middle school down there, um, did that for a few months and then that was part-time. So I actually had a high school job open up, um, and then moved over to that high school. And part of that was, we got kind of absorbed by Wake Forest Baptist Health, um, which is a big hospital in the area, um, tied to Wake Forest University and their medical school. Um, so I was there for about three years and, uh, I think it was like February of, I guess it was February of 2019. Um, we decided we were going to move home uh, back to New England. And uh, my wife had just started nursing school. Um, it was an accelerated program. So I was like, all right, we'll work this. I'll, you know, I'll work this last year at my school. And then once we're done, we'll, we'll move back up this way. And uh, early summer, um, one of my professors from Springfield, his wife actually works at Shriners. And he was like, hey, this job's not posted yet. It's coming up. <clears throat> um, you know, you should apply for it. And uh, I'd actually looked at another job, didn't get that. 
And so I told my principal, my AD, like, hey, I'm just looking at this one job. That's it. You know, if I don't get that, I'm not not leaving yet. And uh, then they posted the Shriners job. And I was like, ah, you know, I really don't want to go back on my word. But um, so I didn't apply. And then uh, like two days later after they posted it, our AD announced that he took a new job. So I was kind of like, <laughs> I was like here's your sign, you know, like that's, right. that, that's a big question mark. So um, I applied, went through the process and got it and then had a uh, quick three week turnaround to uh, empty out our house and move back to Massachusetts. And uh, so we actually did long distance for a little while here. Okay. Um, while she finished school, she just finished a couple weeks ago. So, um, but yeah, the, the Shriners job has been great. It's kind of a, kind of a hybrid role, a little bit of physician practice, managing our outreach program, um, kind of doing a lot of the strategic planning stuff with our, our sports health and medicine program as a whole. It's, it's kind of a new program for us. Awesome. Um, just to kind of get the whole or process started with the questions, um, from my experience, which is minimal in the athletic training and the physician setting, uh, seeing it a couple places, um, kind of evolving currently where, where we're at and our partnership with the health system here, but what is the setup in your guys' clinic, like with athletic trainers and how they're used and just kind of the background of that? Yeah, so um, kind of the whole overview of our sports health and medicine program at Shriners. Um, so we started in 2017. Um, we had one athletic trainer and then we had a, <clears throat> excuse me, um, we had a physical medicine rehabilitation specialist. So he came in um, as a consulting physician. Um, and he did every other Friday, basically every other Friday afternoon. Um, the other athletic trainer, she kind of started doing some of the community outreach stuff, um, a lot of like community benefit things. <clears throat> they then brought on another athletic trainer for a charter school in our area. Um, so she's full time out there. Um, and then right like a week and a half before I started or got hired, um, they'd actually hired another athletic trainer. Um, she works out at a private athletic facility. Um, so it's like a private, they've got three outdoor fields, three indoor turf fields. Um, they do a whole mix of stuff. Um, and then I, re <clears throat> I replaced that original athletic trainer, um, kind of overseeing the outreach program. Um, so I started there in August and then in October, um, we had a new orthopedic surgeon start. So he was actually trained. Um, he actually did two fellowships. He did a pediatric orthopedics fellowship at Columbia and then also did a sports medicine fellowship at, um, Cleveland Clinic. So oh, wow. he kind of had that dual dual experience, um, which has been really cool to, to kind of learn from. Um, so part of what he wanted, part of his training, he had an athletic trainer that they worked with. Um, so that was kind of one of his requests right from the get-go to have an athletic trainer presence in clinic. Um, so I think initially we kind of, you know, truthfully, we're both kind of, you know, obviously feeling each other out. There's that kind of, you know, that new period of, you know, we're new to each other. Right. Um, you know, how does he like to practice? What am I used to? Um, you know, so I think we had that kind of feeling each other out period, but he also at the same time was kind of hitting the ground running and, um, you know, he's doing ACLs and, you know, a lot of these, uh, these procedures weren't being done at our hospital cause they didn't have a sports surgeon. So, um, so initially we started doing a lot of, um, a lot of exams. I'm in there Monday and Friday with him. Um, Mondays is kind of more pediatric orthopedics. Um, Fridays predominantly sports, but it, we see both on both days. So like, you know, we see, we're seeing probably, I'd say a little bit more heavy on the sports side. Um, there just wasn't a lot. There's, you know, there's a big surgical group in the area. 
Um, there wasn't a lot of other options, especially in the pediatrics that we're, we're seeing some of those. It's unfortunate, obviously, we all see the trend in the younger ACL okay. players, but um, you know, he does a couple of, uh, you know, just a little bit more cognizant about the growth plates and how we're working around those, or if we have to engage that growth plate, how are we doing that? And yep. um, so we're doing a lot. We've kind of found our groove the last few months here, um, doing a lot of like, ex like home exercise teaching um, to kind of getting our kids, you know, going on some exercises before they get to PT, at least in our area, it's almost a two week wait for almost wow. anybody to get in for PT. So um, we're doing a lot of that kind of get them jump started, And, um, you know, we're working really closely with some of our community athletic trainers that aren't necessarily Shriners employees, but um, you know, we've gone out, him and I have gone out on some of his admin days and actually gone to high schools and sat with their athletic trainers and said, you know, this is what we have to offer, you know, what things, you know, how can we engage with you guys and, you know, what's the best way for us to share patients. And um, so we're doing a lot of sending kids back to their athletic trainers for, you know, you get that acute ankle sprain that comes in, you know, they've already been to urgent care, they come in and see us, we make sure there's nothing further. Um, you know, then we work on a, that return to play with their athletic trainer. Um, so we're, we're trying to engage a lot of the local athletic trainers. He does a great job. He communicates after visits. So that's like part of our, our clinic operation is, you know, do you have an athletic trainer at your school? You know, do you work with them a lot? And, you know, kind of feeling that out. Mm -hmm. So trying to kind of keep them in the loop, um, which again was something that was important for him. That was part of his practice that he said, this is something I want to integrate right away. So this becomes kind of one of those foundational pieces. That's awesome and very helpful, especially when the <laughs> orthopedic surgeons are like, right. what we want. Yeah. Yeah. Um, kind of a side to that, you know, you talked about the home exercise, you know, right after their appointment, before they get to PT, uh, that is something that is implemented with the physician we work with and the ATs that are there. Um, we're not, they're not here. They're not billing for that. They're not mm -hmm. going through and doing it, but I don't, in terms of like time use, it's not significant from the athletic training side. Right. But I think the patient satisfaction has been, awesome i know just in me doing some observations some shadowing some of the responses have been really positive you know what have you seen is you know with patient happiness with some of those things yeah i mean i think i think it's a good opportunity um you know i think we're used to being in that setting where you know a lot of our kids they're getting the news that yeah hey you tore your xtl or um you got a meniscus tear or you have something that may require surgery or you may not you know um, so I think for, especially for our surgical kids, I think it's an opportunity, um, you know, one to give them something that they can control, right. They, they've just had an injury that more or less is out of their control. You know, they, they really can't help it. So, mm -hmm. um, you know, we're giving them a, a task that they can control. They can choose to do this or not. Um, you know, it's a good opportunity to engage with them and, you know, you can kind of have, the, I feel like we as athletic trainers tend to get a little bit more, um, like of a personal relationship with, with the athletes and patients and, um, you know, you build through, you know, these exercises, you know, one of my, one of my go-tos is, you know, okay, we finished going through it and okay, I know you're out of school today right now, but you know, there's a test like, you know, and that usually gets a good chuckle from the kids and the parents. And so I feel like that having that um, kind of a interaction in that environment gives them a chance to kind of relax and, you know, kind of process some of that news. And, and, and almost always they usually have a couple of questions, not just about their exercises, but, you know, what is the process? You know, am I going to be able to play sports again? Um, we had a kid yesterday that, um, you know, he's a senior in high school and is interested in playing college sports. Um, you know, so they're like, Hey, how do we, how do we have that conversation with coach? 
Um, or what does transition to care look like? If you know, right now, obviously with everything going on, it, it's a little funky. But <clears throat> you know, being able to offer like, hey, you know, let's have that upfront conversation with with your coach. You've already you've already connected. Let's keep him in the loop. Um, you know, show coach, hey, I'm taking these steps to be to be engaged and doing what I need to do. Um, you know, being able to talk about like, okay, here's how we can transition care to your athletic trainer once you're under their care as a college athlete. Um, you know, so being able to answer some of those informal questions, um, I think is helpful that, um, you know, it's, it's just a little bit less formal time. So I would, I would think we, we, we do patient satisfaction surveys, but I think there's a delay in when they come in, right. uh, but because we're, we're still pretty new at this. We, I don't know that we're far enough down the line to, uh, necessarily see those numbers change yet, but, sure. but I, I would imagine, I think, you know, I think especially where, especially now where we can give kids, you know, Hey, we know it's going to be a little bit before you get into PT, maybe even longer than normal with all the Corona stuff, but, um, you know, here's something you can do to work on getting better. Like you can actively do this every day. You can, you can work and be able to do something about it instead of just sit and wait for, you know, either waiting for it to get into PT or waiting for getting, you know, your wait list call to get surgery scheduled that, um, you know, I think it gives them something they can work on. So we were talking, like I mentioned earlier, about um, a little dust up that happened when somebody kind of posed a question <laughs> what the athletic trainer's role is in a hospital or clinic setting. Uh, obviously, I think it can vary like private practice, you know, orthopedic group versus more hospital. Right. Because I know for us, um, it's a very traditional hospital, you know, with nurses and CMAs, and it's just and it's been a very successful hospital, so I don't right. um, <laughs> don't question them on it. It's just right. more traditional. But there was some, you know, opinions about where the AT falls in that, what that looks like, how what it should look like. Um, yeah. What are your thoughts? You know, is it you mentioned that there are CMAs that you work with, um, but you know, what do you see their role versus the athletic trainer's role? Like, are you going in and doing the initial evaluation? Um, as your physicians kind of running around trying to keep up because you guys are at that level of, you know, busyness, which is a good and bad thing, I guess, technically. Um, right. Just what, what do you see with that? Like, how does that work? I mean, there's so many other things that can kind of get you – know, other people that can get thrown into that care team. Thoughts? So I think um, – I think part of it comes to your mindset. I think um, – in the last four or five years, I think we've seen this push to be, you know, we're all part of the sports medicine team. Um, you know, I think that's becoming more accepted when people are realizing like, listen, you know, can't be a standalone office with one provider and do sports medicine. Like it, there's gotta be other pieces to that team. Um, and I think some of us is just being more open-minded about who's a part of that team. You know, and we've all got a role to play. Um, and, you know, I, I think it's being cognizant of what other people's roles are and, you know, yeah, sometimes there's some overlap. Um, you know, but I think it's remember to step back, don't take things personally. Like, um, you know, I'm very fortunate. Our, our physician is phenomenal. He understands our skill set, what we can do, what we can do to help him, um, you know, what we can do to help the patient. Um, and our, our CMA is great. Um, you know, we've in, like I said, he wanted an athletic trainer as part of his clinic from the get go. So it wasn't something new for his practice that we had to add in later. Like, you know, there wasn't really an established, um, you know, there wasn't roles established. There wasn't a hierarchy. There's not, this was all new for everybody. Um, so we work with the same CMA, um, every Monday, Friday, with obviously the exception of, you know, if she's sick or, you know, right, right now, like right. 
Yeah, she's got a six or seven year old and he's home from school. So, you know, obviously we, we make adjustments and everybody's adjusting now, but um, you know, we, we conference the three of us before every clinic, um, you know, she'll typically room the first patient and then we come back, we look through the whole day. Um, you know, all three of us look at it from a different lens. So, you know, we all kind of review ahead of time and, you know, we go through each patient, you know, what are they coming for? Do they have x-rays or do they need x-rays? Um, are there orders in, um, you know, do they have an athletic trainer at school that we, or, you know, obviously we don't know until they get there, but if, you know, if they're from a certain town and we know that high school's got an athletic trainer, like we kind of keep those things, um, you know, we each kind of keep tabs on, on certain pieces of those patients and then kind of put it all together beforehand. And, um, you know, I think it's been great. We really haven't had, at least to my knowledge, we haven't had any issues with, you know, stepping on each other's toes, but it's a lot of open communication. We're constantly talking like, Hey, you know, this is a task we need done. Who's going to do that? Um, you know, I'm, I'm available to handle it. Do you want to handle it? You know, so it's, it's a lot of constant communication back and forth. And, um, it, and like I said, I think where there wasn't any preconceived ideas, there wasn't any, you know, I think this is my job. It, it's been a lot of just open chain communication and making sure we're always talking about stuff before try to, yeah, obviously we always try to talk about things before they become a problem. And, you know, if there is, it's our, our hospital is great. We've kind of got this, um, you know, there's this culture that it's not about blaming people. It's how do we, you know, how do we do things better for the patient? So, um, and we're fortunate to, to kind of have that culture. So, um, I, I, in, in our setup, I, I think we were very lucky. We, we don't have those issues that kind of came up in that, that little thread there, but right. you know, I think if you've got people who are in a pre-established setup coming in trying to change that, I think that's where you get some of those, uh, frustrations that people feel like, they don't know where, where they fall in, but sometimes people aren't willing to have those conversations. So, um, but like I said, we've got a physician who's driving a lot of that. So that, that helps. Yeah. The personality is huge, especially with a physician that's yeah. getting it and understanding it, which is not always the case, but, um, right. you know, always make things interesting. Yeah. Uh, Man, I had the question about what, you know, physician satisfaction with having an AT, but with your physician already coming in and um, asking that, I don't know if you've looked at any of the different research stuff that's been out there just within physician, ATs and physician practice and, you know, any thoughts of, you know, sh continuing to push more and getting people like yourselves or anybody in this role? Yeah, I mean, I think um... – this is such a new area. You know, you look at the grand scheme of things, it's such a new area for athletic training that, um, you know, I think a lot of physicians are starting to see the benefit and, you know, you start to look at efficiency. We're, we're fortunate. We don't, um, we don't have as heavy of a focus on efficiency. Our, our, you know, the way our system runs, it allows us to kind of, um, focus on the patient without, you know, real concern for, you know, our, our, our tagline is, you know, is care regardless of the ability to pay. Um, you know, that's just part of the Shriner system. <clears throat> um, so we, we don't have to try to crank out 60 patients a day to, you know, to be able to make sure we can meet all the bills, you know? Um, so I think that allows us a unique opportunity to, um, you know, it, it's, it's okay for, you know, it's easier for us to be there. We don't have to worry about as much of the billing things as some other places do. But, um, I think you look at the places that do have to bill, I think, um, you know, one of the things we've talked about is it, so the, the home exercise program teaching for us, it takes me 10, maybe 15 minutes if, if we're both kind of chatty, you know? Um, but that's, you know, if, if we send them right upstairs to go to PT, they have to do a whole eval just to be able to give them a home exercise program. Um, 
you know, so from a, from that sense, like the, that there's value there that, you know, or adjusting their crutches, same thing. They have to do, PT is going to have to do a full eval um, to be able to adjust their crutches and give them a home exercise program where again, we sp I spend 10, 15 minutes with them and they get, they get what they need. PT has, is able to keep that open slot, um, especially, you know, for a patient that needs it. And, um, you know, we've had a huge uptick in, in rehab needs with, with a sports surgeon coming in. So, um, you know, we, we definitely kept PT busy and they were busy to start with. So, um, you know, it's nice to keep those slots free when, when we do have, you know, we're having a lot of kids who need those slots. So, um, I think that's been good for rehab. I think they're appreciative that they don't necessarily have to do, to give up that whole slot for, for what's really 10 or 15 minutes worth of work. Um, you know, I think in scenarios where they are billing, I think, you know, again, it, certain states are doing it obviously. And obviously there's a lot of conversation around that and more resources available and, and so on. But, um, you know, we're not doing the billing right now. So I think for us, it, it's not as much of a metric right now, but, um, you know, I think it's great for our doctor to be able to, you know, it's things that he wants done. You know, if, if a couple of times we've had clinics that get really busy and, you know, um, he can move on to the next patient and, you know, they're not feeling like they've been dumped off and just, you know, I st I'm in there the whole visit. So it's not like, Oh, now there's a new person coming in and they're skating past person to person. You know, I think, I think it comes across as like, Hey, our whole team is interacting with you today. And, um, you know, you're getting different pieces from our whole team. Um, so I, I think the physician definitely has been, been happy with it. And, um, you know, I think others will start to see like, it's a different, it's just different skill sets and having different skill sets in the room obviously provides different opportunity to do different things. So. So do you think with the billing, especially in your case, in the place we work with, their motto, their tagline is the needs of the patient come first. You know, kind of similar, but I, I really like the Shriner yeah. one. Because um, we've looked at it like the argument of third-party billing just in terms of justifying more people or does the throughput and what you're able to get in terms of, you know, not over-prescribing, but looking at, Diagnostic ultrasounds, MRIs, you know, right. injection, whether they're diagnostic or therapeutic uh, for different things. Uh, do you see potentially from what you've kind of gathered a need to eventually look at billing for some of those smaller things or is the throughput <clears throat> and the overall general satisfaction? Because if you have a, have a happy orthopedic surgeon, usually that's a good thing for a hospital system. Um, right. Do you see the need for it in the future or do you think as of now it can be done without it and ultimately potentially better? I, I think for us, it's, um, you know, I think we're in a unique situation. Athletic trainers are new to our whole hospital system. Um, right now there's only five in of the 22 sites we have. Um, four of them are in Springfield. Um, so we've got 22 locations throughout the um, U S Mexico, Canada. Um, there is another athletic trainer in Florida. Um, but she's in a little different role. So, um, you know, this is really, really new for Shriners. Um, so some of it's like our EMR. So we're working through some things with that, with like our IT, our IS team and, um, you know, how do we document, what are we documenting? Um, so those, those are some of the challenges we're working through and, um, you know, obviously we've got a great team that's working on it. Um, obviously all the coronavirus stuff kind of, um, pushes some of that to the backseat a little bit, which obviously makes sense. Like this is obviously the priority that needs to be managed and, um, you know, and then once we get through this then we'll, we'll come back and keep working on those tasks and, um, you know, and it's great. I think I, I feel very fortunate. We've got a lot of, um, 
a lot of people at the hospital were not necessarily aware of what athletic trainers were and what we do and kind of how we fit into that team. But I think they've been really open to learning and, um, you know, I've, I've been fortunate. I've got a, I've kind of got my set PowerPoint now of, you know, what is an athletic trainer? What's our education? What's our background? What settings do we work in? And I think I've done that maybe three or four times now. Uh, but people, are willing, people are willing to learn and, and willing to work with us. And, um, I mean, that's such a crucial piece that, you know, if it, it's a uphill battle as it is to try to kind of justify who we are and what we do. And, um, having people that are willing to, to hear that message and, and to learn about it obviously makes, makes a huge difference. Um, so I, I feel very fortunate to work with this organization and um, be able to, to have the opportunity to kind of share that stuff with them. And um, again, having a surgeon who, who that was just kind of his expectation. He already knew that stuff. And obviously that really helps to have the physician drive that too. Um, when you're not having a win over on top of it. So, um, and I think, you know, I think everybody, you know, every day, they feel, oh, I didn't know you could do that, you know, so it's this constant learning and, and educating. And um, yeah, I, I really like that about my role. I like that I have the opportunity to, to share athletic training with other people. And hey, this is how we can help you better care for your patients. Like we can all do this together. Um, but, you know, back to the billing, I think eventually, you know, if we work through some of those things, I, you know, um, I think it's like, like the rest of the, you know, in any other area, you know, we bill where we can. And, you know, if, if it doesn't happen, it doesn't happen. But, um, you know, I think if there's an opportunity there, then, then certainly we would look at that. But obviously we want to be in the, the right place to do that first. Absolutely. Anything else around the physician extender role that you want to cover that we didn't get to? Um, I think it's, you know, um, it's a little bit, you know, I, I came through a traditional setting, so I think it's definitely a little bit different. Um, you know, I think there's, uh, you know, I definitely miss having like my teams and my athletes and, um, you know, you connect on a different level in, in the traditional setting, I think. But I think now that we're, you know, doing some of the teaching and, you know, we're there from kind of start to finish. I sit in the rehab department, so I'm walking through all the time. So I see kids, you know, we saw them on their initial eval, you know, went through, you know, some of them, I'll hop in and watch surgery sometimes. Um, we've not really explored that facet yet about helping, but um, so we're only, it, you know, I, I get going and I'm like, oh, let's do this, let's do that. And, uh, and so remember to step back and, okay, we've only been doing this since October. Um, you know, we're only four or five months into this. So, um, yeah, I'm sure this will continue to evolve, but, um, I think that's the other thing too, is being open to, um, you know, what, what else can you do? I think we've got a great skill set that is adaptable. Um, but I think we need to be willing to do that. Like, I, you know, I'm not using all the same skills that I used in high school. Um, which, you know, again, there's pros and cons to anything, but, um, I've learned so much in the last, I don't know, since October, um, you know, we, I'd seen, you know, we've all seen an MRI before, but um, yeah, you know, like, to kind of scrutinize that a little bit, um, you know, pretty, pretty good with knees now, you know, I can definitely, definitely tell you if you got an ACL tear or not, um, work getting there on meniscus. Um, that's honestly my biggest like jealous point of people like in the clinic is the radiology aspect oh, of yeah. it. Cause it just baffles me and that I've never spent time with it and yeah. would love to get better at it. Our yeah. physicians, huge on diagnostic ultrasound. One of our ATs there is like, yeah, I can pretty much, cause he's seen so many right. of them pick right. out a lot of things. I'm just like, dude, I'm still trying to figure out where everything is on the screen. Right. How do I orient this? Like, yeah. I'm try still trying to figure out how to orient myself. Right. Uh, but I think it's, you know, and our, our physic, like I said, he's, he's awesome about teaching. So, you know, yeah. he does a lot of the like, all right, you look at it, tell me what you think, and then we'll go through it. You know, don't look at the, don't look at the radiology report first, like go through, look at it. Um, you know, so he's really kind of made a learning experience for me too. And, um, awesome. 
you know, definitely feel like I can talk a little bit more in depth about it, uh, about, you know, what is the procedure? What's, you know, more of the anatomy that obviously we cover that, but having some more, um, you know, once you're out, you don't always get a lot of the refresher on it. So yep. kind of the daily, you know, you're looking at it every day and, and then you start to see, obviously there's the norms, but most people aren't the norms. So you start to look at, you know, okay, that, that bone is shaped differently than most of the ones I look at. Okay. Is that a problem? Is that just how theirs is, you know? Um, so that's been really cool. getting a lot of the radiology exposure and no pun intended. Um, but, uh, just having that educational piece, I think it's been great. Um, and being able to talk to families about it and, you know, this is what you're looking at and really kind of help patients understand. If somebody wanted to get into the physician setting, um, I'll leave, I'll just leave it very open-ended. What, what recommendations or thoughts would you have for them? Um, I think, you know, I, I kind of fell into it, um, which was kind of a happy accident. It was, you know, and I've, I've it's been awesome. Um, so I wasn't necessarily looking to go that route, but it just kind of happened. Um, so I think, you know, that's one thing. I mean, it's any, any setting you're trying to get into. I mean, don't, you know, don't walk by the open door if it's there, you know, at least peek in and see, see what you're getting at. But, um, you know, if you were really focused on getting there, I think, you know, looking at having some of those additional skill sets, whether, you know, go get, go to the course on suturing, go to the course on casting. Um, you know, I don't do a lot of that, but I think in a lot of practices that that's going to be a valuable piece. Um, you know, looking at the OTC certification, be able to help surgically. You know, I think that's, um, like I said, we haven't really explored that at our hospital, but I don't know if that's something down the road we look at. Um, you know, but I think for especially smaller private practices that, you know, that that's going to be a value is, you know, if you can be in there, be the first assist. And, you know, I think the value comes from working with that physician constantly and knowing, you know, being able to anticipate their needs. And, you know, if we're doing this procedure this way, they want the knee at this angle or, you know, that, to be able to help them that way. And, kind of really be, as it says, physician extender that, you know, you're really an extension of their hands and, you know, they know they can trust you. And, um, and the other thing is the network, like you just never know who, who knows somebody. I, I had a, um, when I first kind of started, I actually went out, I had a classmate who was down at Emory. Um, she went through their residency program and is now working there. And um, she had a professor there who since came back up this way, she's out near Boston and, runs she's a practice manager but works as basically a physician extender and so i went out and spent a day with them um kind of getting connected through her um you know their clinic runs a little differently um than ours does so it was great to be like okay i love that they do that that's something that's not going to work at our system but you know it was was great to kind of pull from other people's experiences um and right now it's it's such a the physician practice is such a small setting right now that there's there's only so many of us so if you know use your network work your network talk to those people find out what they did. I'm sure some people were a lot more intentional about getting into physician practice than I was. So, um, yeah, but that's in any setting work, work your network, like keep those contacts up. Um, you never know who's going to know somebody. We all pass the same test. So right. just that's, I think that's the best way is, is work your network. Awesome. Well, anything else or ready to jump into the AT chat questions? Yeah, let's go for it. Awesome. Uh, first one, where do you see athletic training going in the next five to 10 years? Um, so I think some of that's setting specific, um, you know, most of my experience is secondary schools, um, mostly through outreach. Um, I think in, if done correctly, and that's the big if, um, I think the, the outreach from a hospital is, is probably the future of secondary schools. I think, I think it's a win-win for everybody. 
Um, you know, in most cases, the school is getting athletic training services at a discount. Um, for the athletic trainer, you're really working out a medical model as opposed to reporting to somebody who may or may not understand your role. Absolutely. Um, you know, I reported to an athletic trainer when I was at Wake. Um, so some of the person who was evaluating me had the same credentials, mm-hmm. knew what I was supposed to be doing. Um, you know, it, it was really qualified to evaluate the job that I was doing. You know, the, the AD I worked for was phenomenal. He was awesome. Um, you know, he's not an athletic trainer, you know, so I think for a lot of us in, as a profession, we, we've been in a situation for a long time where we've been evaluated by people who don't know what we're doing or don't know the specifics of the day to day that they're like, Oh yeah, they're doing stuff back there in the training room. You know, but that's all they really know that a lot of them by nature of their job don't have time to come and sit in the AT room at, at three o'clock and watch the madness that happens for that hour. And like, yeah, you know, a lot of the rest of it is sitting around waiting for, for other things to happen, but they don't see the, you know, um, I'm afraid of retirement, but some, some of the other day used the duck analogy that, you know, we're, we're kind of floating on, you know, on the surface, it looks like we're just swimming along and floating, but oh, I'm yeah, yeah. like crazy, you know, that nope. um, people don't really see the, the stuff running in the background. Um, so I think, you know, having that evaluator be somebody who understands that, that you're paddling like crazy underneath, even if it looks like everything's good on the surface, um, I think is really crucial for athletic trainers moving forward. Um, both, you know, one job satisfaction, looking at pay, um, you know, having somebody in that position to, to try to advocate for you to, to have better pay. And, you know, they can go to somebody who makes that decision and say, these are the things that they're doing. This is the paddling underneath that's happening. Right. Um, even though it doesn't necessarily look like it. Um, you know, the other thing is access to physicians. I, I, for me, I, I, you know, kind of, again, kind of fell into a great scenario when I went to North Carolina and, you know, I was a new grad. I was, you know, I was fresh out of school. I was new to that group of schools. I think there's 12 schools in our county. Um, so I, I worked with all these other athletic trainers, but had never met them, didn't know them. They didn't know me. I, there was no network down there for me. Um, so when Wake took over, I got assigned a physician. Um, so there was that kind of pre-established relationship, um, which, you know, for me would have been really hard to just kind of go in blind and say, hey, I'm a new athletic trainer. I'm not from here. You don't know me. <laughs> you should sign off on my license, you know. Yeah. Um, so I think, you know, for me, that was great. You know, you have the resources of the whole hospital, you know. Um, be it, you know, your surgeon, you know, non-op care. I mean, and, and Fort Wake was such a big hospital. We had every, everything you could, could possibly need. Right. Um, you know, we had to do that. Um, you know, we had a PT clinic that was in the clinic we worked out of. Um, you know, so it's having those resources that, you know, I could call my doctor, you know, like, Hey, you know, I'm not really sure about this. You know, what do you think? You know, I could call him or I could text him and say, this is what I've got. What do you think? Um, you know, I think in a lot of places you don't necessarily get that. Um, you know, a lot of people who are employed through the high school directly or the district, um, you, you may or may not have that. Um, so a lot of times I think you end up, you feel like you're out on an island. Um, yeah. Whereas at least, at least in the outreach setting, you've got coworkers, you've got people you work with that, you know, you can at least, even you can text them, hey, this is what I'm seeing, what do you got? Like, yep. um, and, you know, I think that's, to me, I think that's, again, if done correctly, I think that the hospital-based outreach is, is probably the future of secondary schools. Um, you know, I think for, for collegiate sports, I think you're getting the same thing. A lot of people are moving to that kind of medical model, um, yep. whether it be outreach from a hospital or you report to the physician. Sure. Uh, you know, and again, I think it's good for athletic trainers. Um, <clears throat> you know, and I think some of these other settings is is so variable. I think it's I think I'd be a fool to try to, try to say that I could predict where we're going to be in five or 10 years. Um, I agree. Even at, even at Shriners that, you know, we're, we're constantly evolving and what can we do to be better? And um, 
I don't know who said it to me, but somebody said, you know, if you're not getting better, you're getting worse. Um, yeah. So I think there's it should be that constant state of change. Um, but you know, I think I think we've got, you know, the national organization is, is you know kind of doing a great job getting out there advocating, working with the NFL, working with you know, working with the APTA. Um, you know, I think we're we're getting in the right direction. Um, you know, but some of those things we're working on have been that that was the way they were for forever. So you know, we're having to to kind of chisel out of that mold a little bit um, and kind of show everybody what we can do. Um, so I think, I think the future is bright. Um, you know, obviously there's a lot of controversy around the, the masters, but um, it, kinda, it is what it is. And we gotta, we gotta roll with it. There's no more, there is no more debate about it. It's happening. Right. So um, I think some of us get caught up sometimes and, you know, should we do it? Should we not? It's like, well, too bad. It's already happening. So, um, yeah. you know, it's, so, so we can, we can, we can whine about it or we can, we can, make it work so yeah, be, um, be okay to disagree but still move forward right exactly you know i mean I, right i i had a I had students from the first couple of classes of the masters at high point university um and they're they're great you know i'm they're probably much better athletic trainers than i was and um definitely both smarter than i am so um you know i think and it's like anything in any profession there's good and bad so it's hard to it's hard to pin the whole entry-level masters on you know if there's a couple of students coming through that aren't great like how do, you, how do you generalize that to the whole thing? Um, but, you know, I, like I said, I, I think we're heading in the right direction. It, and it may be slow as, uh, as much as that, that pains me to say, I want things done now and I want it yep. to be the way I want it to be. But, um, you know, we're, we got to be in it for the long haul as a profession and just keep trying to do better every day. What advice would you give yourself if you could go back when you were a younger athletic trainer? <clears throat> Um, I think it's just, good, you know, uh, I think one of the coolest things was go, go to NATA and talk to the green jackets. Um, <laughs> some of the stories that they have are, it's, you could you could spend your entire time there just listening to them talk. I mean, obviously, you know, things have changed over the years and, and we do some, some things differently, but there's some things we still do the same. Some of those things that are bread and butter, like, um, and even some of the wild stuff that they used to do it, it's it's amazing to hear where we were what they did to get us where we are and where we're going and um you know i think a lot of people have that misconception about how the professional organization works but um you know talking to those people too it, you know what is what is tori lindley saying what is kathy derringer what is kate kathleen going to say like mm-hmm. <clears throat> um you know there's this like misconception that the NATA is responsible for our salaries and that you know um that that's not the job of our organization. I mean, certainly they can advocate for, for better pay, but right. um, people think that's their job. And ultimately that, that falls on us. Like we, we, we as a profession are taking these jobs, nobody at home, nobody at the office and Oklahoma is going to fix that. Like it's right. uh, all they can do is, is hope that we don't take those salaries, but we, we set our own value. And yep. um, you know, I think as a young professional is knowing that like, don't, don't settle for that job. That's garbage pay. Like, if you accept that job, that is, you're saying that's an acceptable value. Um, so I think that's important to remember is to, to be your own advocate because a lot of times you are on an island and there is nobody else there to advocate for you. So you got to do it for yourself. Um, you know, and again, I was fortunate. I, I feel like I've hit the lottery a couple of times. I'd, I've had some, some great supervisors and um, worked with some awesome physicians, but um, you know, and keeping that up now is like, I still talk to, still talk to the physicians I worked with. Um, you know, you never know who's going to jump jobs and 
who's going to be in that position. So it, it goes back to working the network. Like that's a, we're such a small profession. It, it doesn't, we're probably not even anywhere near six degrees of separation. Usually it's, it's one or two. So, right. right. Um, yeah, I think for the younger athletic trainers, it's, you know, work, working at work, keep, keep up those contacts and, and, but in a genuine way, not, um, sure. you're not, I think LinkedIn kind of presents this like false, um, sense of having a network and yeah, you're connected on LinkedIn, but, um, you know, can you call those people? You know, can, if you know, uh-huh. could you listen as a reference? Um, you know, one of the things, uh, I learned from Chuck Kimmel. Um, I'm fortunate to kind of get to know him over a couple of years and being on an ATA committee as a student. And um, he sends everybody handwritten thank you notes. Like, and that was one of those things that um, it, just, it just stuck with me. You know, I think a lot of people remember that. It's so uncommon these days that, um, that you know, you think for somebody who's been in the profession for that many years and has all this stuff to do and he still sits down and takes time to, to send handwritten letters. Um, death is probably a lost art and is going to stick out. So, you know, if you go to that job interview, send a written thank you note. Um, it, it may not get you the job that time around, but you know, when it, if that job comes back open or, you know, Oh, Hey, let's call that person. They sent us a thank you. That's really impressive. You know? Um, so I think it's just, you know, be genuine in, in who you connect with and maintain that and work your network. What was the most influential resource that you found in your career? <laughs> Um, I have a hunch on this one, what you're going to say, but we'll give it to you anyway. I mean, the easy answer is Google, right? You know, we, we've all got a phone. We can Google everything, you know? Um, Fair. once you get out of the room for the BSC, you can always Google it. There you go. But, uh, but no, I mean, in all seriousness, yeah, I, even with all this Corona stuff, I've been texting the couple of super people who are in my type of position with managing yep. the outreach. Like, hey, what are you guys doing with your athletic trainer? You know, yep. um, or athletic trainers that, um, you know, one of them was, she runs a little bit smaller outreach program. So and the other one runs a huge one with like 26 athletic trainers, you know, so they're spreading them out over clinics. And, um, you know, I think some of that is to know like, okay, it's not just me. It's not me that, you know, I'm not hundred percent sure what we're doing. Nobody knows what they're doing. Um, so I'm in the right place. Um, but you know, keeping those up and just, you know, using those people as a resource, I, you know, you never want to be, it's the cliche, but you never want to be the smartest guy in the room that, yep. um, you know, there's always somebody else. If, if, if you don't have the answer, somebody else has it. So, um, a lot of times it's not what you know, but it's knowing who to ask to get that answer. So I like that. If you could change or eliminate and could be a modality, a common practice or a mindset or whatever else you'd like to set up, um, in the field of athletic training, what would it be? Um, so my gut reaction is to say like either like biofreeze or KT tape, but um, I think it like my first couple of years, I was like, I'm not ordering KT tape. I'm not ordering biofreeze. Like they don't do anything like, and I apologize for anybody who's KT tape fans, but yeah. uh, you know, I think the last year I was at that school, I kind of had this like realization. I'm like, okay, if this is going to help the kids feel better, why, why not? Um, yeah. You know, I think it's cool you know, why fight if, if the kid really doesn't need anything and they just want some biofreeze and that's going to get them out the door and happy and feel good and go to practice. Sure. Um, you know, it gives me more time for the kids who, who really need me, my help or want, you know, something a little bit more in, in, uh, impactful, you know? Yep. Um, so I guess, um, it's my, my real answer. I, I don't know that we should eliminate anything. Um, because <laughs> there's, there's always that, 
you, know, you got to have all those tools in the toolbox. You may, may have to knock some rust off every now and then, but it's, you might need it for that one kid. So I, I, as much as I'd like to say we should get rid of one thing or another, um, you know, I, I don't know that I would necessarily eliminate anything because we might, we might need it someday. Um, that. Maybe that's a little bit of the hoarder in me, but you know. Yeah, no. I think if we really came around to it, you could say we would eliminate the mindset that something is not useful. Because right. there's always a time and a place. Right. That, know, that, I love the stories I hear from people about like, yep, they had lateral lower leg pain. All it took was a strip of white tape with no tension on it across it. That fixed everything. They go, I don't know. I don't <laughs> care. It just it got them to where they needed to be. Right. I, I had a kid with a, a shoulder instability, and he loved his KT tape, and I, I didn't have any with me that day. But we, we're, our school colors were maroon and yellow, and I had a, I had a roll of like maroon – tape and just nice. use that oh this is great yeah, it's like hey you know what? if that gets you to play today then perfect. absolutely so you know it's like i'm a little bit of a, especially traveling like going over i love i loved going on the road i love packing everything up because it's like that's your opportunity to shine like sure. at home you know you've got all your resources it's like okay did you have the forethought to pack this or to pack that and yeah. you know your coaches know okay if we need something john's probably got it like yeah. i loved going with wrestling because it was always you know nobody else had anything that they needed <laughs> but you know John's got everything. Other coaches in our conference knew, like, yeah, that, they probably didn't know my name, but they knew that guy had everything he needed. Right. That's fine. Uh, even if I use it once a season, it, it's it's still in the bag. Like, for uh, sure. So I guess I'm a little bit of a, an AT hoarder, but I guess that, that might have a use someday. There you go. Yeah. Last question then. Uh, what does being an athletic trainer mean to you? Um, I think I just, we just have such a unique ability to, to impact our patients. Um, you know, I think a lot of times we don't even realize it that, um, but I, I, you know, I think one of my most impactful was, um, my first ACL as a certified, I watched his injury, got him off the field, got him to a surgeon, went in and watched his surgery, you know, did his off day rehab at school. Um, but you know, I think still one of my most like standout moments, he came busting through the door with a room full of kids, um, you know, he's jumping through and says, Hey, read this note, read this note. Um, and he's like, read it out loud so everybody can hear it. Um, and it was his final clearance note, um, that he was cleared to go without restriction. Um, you know, he just like his, his fate, you know, his excitement was, I mean, that, that's it. You know, that, that wipes away all the, the, the crappy days and the parents that are rude and the kids and the coaches that are rude sometimes that they don't get it. You know, those are the moments you, you work for. Um, you know that it's you know that makes up for all the late night studying you know the couple of long nights at clinicals you know all that stuff goes away when you have those moments and although they're few and far between it's um you know ultimately we, we just have that unique ability to connect with kids that he, he didn't bust or anybody else's door to read that note um yep. you know he comes he comes to tell you before he tells coach you know it's that that relationship you develop over such a a long period of time. Um, nobody else is there from start to finish. Um, very occasionally you get the physician who's there, but they're not there every day for rehab. They're not, um, you know, your PTs are not in the training room every day when they're having a bad day, you know? Right. And how do you, you know, how do you keep them through that? And, you know, I think there, there's definitely kids that still, you know, you're like, you know, we, we were, you know, did, did we help them enough or did we not? And sometimes there's that tough love involved. And I think, for some of those kids that they remember that later, even if we don't think about it, that, um, you know, we, we just have that uh, unique ability to impact kids in a, in a way that 
I think no other healthcare provider does. So um, I, think, I think that's, that's it. Well said. Um, in closing, if people wanted to follow you or connect up with you, what are the best options? And we'll link all these up. Yeah. Um, so my email address is just jreedy10 at gmail.com. Um, Twitter is jreedy underscore ATC. Yep. And, and I don't know what the rest of them are. but <laughs> That works. That's perfect. Get one of those. We, we can chat. But, um, you know, always happy to talk to people. And, um, you know, like I said, I think comes to work working at work that's the that's the deal so happy to, to chat with anybody and see what we can do awesome well we appreciate you taking the time yeah absolutely appreciate you having me on um, physician extender in that role in the clinic this has been good yeah awesome thank you all right man we'll see you